it. The wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start it up. That is your Thursday here on B and E. Give me a beauty. Party. Plenty of sunshine in the ATX. That is uh, not the case in Rochester, New York, where uh, temperatures right at or just below freezing for the PGA Championship this morning. So they are in a weather delay, frost delay for the uh, the major. There, we'll keep you posted. But we're going to 88 degrees today in Austin, Texas. Should be nice for the ball game tonight. Game one of that big three-game series for the Longhorns against West Virginia. It's already 65 degrees in the capital city. Buck, the uh, coaches' corners coming up. We will recap. You know, the Longhorns wrapped up their Texas fight tour. The tour all over Texas with Coach Sark and uh, Rodney Terry. Uh, they were down in Houston on uh, earlier in the week. So we'll get an update from that. Maybe hear from Sark on some of the things he had to say to get the folks fired up down there in H-Town. That'll be coming up. We also have an update speaking of Rodney Terry. Uh, an update on Dylan Mitchell, uh, the Longhorn, who's participating in the NBA Draft Combine right now in uh, what he may be thinking and leaning. Uh, details on that coming up. But you know what, Buck, on a buck on, buck off Thursday, can we say buck on and happy birthday to uh, this guy who celebrates a big one today? Fourth and five, the national championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Young scores. Thank you, Keith Jackson. Still get the chills. And... That's probably one of the worst, worst calls. What? I'm, I'm a fan of the Craig away call. Okay, well, Craig's Excellent. is better. I, I agree. I agree. And uh, Vince but, Young scores. But, but, uh, Keith was on his way Keith out. Jackson, the legend. Yeah, he was uh, up he, there. He clearly had some had some bread on USC in that game. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Some bread on USC. Well, Texas fans will never forget it, for sure, and college football fans will never forget it. One of the greatest performances ever played uh, on a football field in his in the win over USC. I have it tattooed on me. Which one? The VY1406. <laughs> nice. On well, on this day 40 years ago, on this day 40 years ago, Vince Young was born. So happy birthday 40. to his 40th birthday. Is that right? Not Four. working today. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thursday, ain't it? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> you guys. Yeah, May eighteenth, uh, Vince Young, nineteen eighty three. Young, forty years young. Thank for you VY. for thank you VY for making me love football. Yeah, that that's was, that was a turning moment in my life. Well, so you're only twenty five, correct? Correct. So yeah, you're a young kid when this thing is happening. I was in second grade. <laughs> second grade when VY Vince Young scored. And my dad told me he was taking me to to the game. And the day before, decided to take his best friend and said, and I was left here. So, never. I haven't been able to forgive him for that. You were never really going to that game. Oh, then the same thing happened in 2010. What? And I was also left that time as well. So You had a memory by then, so you must have been like, what the hell's going <laughs> oh, I on remember, here? I remember the first one. Oh, you did? Oh, that's, I'm, I'm not kidding when that was one of the, that's one of my core memories that really made me love, love football and love sports in general. Yeah. Well, you, those those memories are etched, right? When they're happening. What were you when doing? You were a kid. What did your dad sit you out back in the backyard with a TV on the porch and a 
No, I was with all the rotisserie chickens in a bag. I was with my stepmom and grandma and all the girls, and they tried they tried to make me go to bed at halftime, and I I was like, that's not. I'm not having any of that. That's not happening. What was that rotisserie chicken on the back porch they gave to you? (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, second, third, fourth grade memories. Those are always like just very impactful for a sport. I mean, I was growing up in Houston at the time, watching the Astros blow it, Fi Slamma Jamma blow it, Oilers blow it. that's why I have this real cynical view of sports because all my teams would blow it. Well, that's the, the issue is we were I was so good we were so good in those early four years. Yeah, you were years. very spoiled with uh, te- Texas basketball, the baseball team at the College World Series yes. every year. So whenever Texas lost, uh, you know the Michael Tra- Crabtree game, I was you know full blown trauma, cor- crying like it, it was terrible. <laughs> well, and then I got used to it. Well, and then, and then the, your other team, the, your Dallas Cowboys, have been the opposite for yeah, you as, no, that's, as, a, as, in a, as in your upbringing. Well, the you Tony the Tony Romo fumbled snap happened when I was pretty oh. young. That was oh, the, that was the slippery ball trick. Slippery ball, yeah. My dad, my father, who's a, the most anti Cowboys person I know, still sends me the the GIF of Tony Romo fumbling that ball just randomly, just to remind me every once in a while. Are you you're a GIF guy, not a GIF guy? I'd say both. GIF. It's GIF. I think technically it's GIF though. Uh, it says too cold for the sissy golfers, huh? Well, it's not about the golfers; it's about the golf course. Uh, yes. if there's frost on the course; they're not going to play. It tears up the course, uh, so that's not going to happen. That happens at every golf course if you yes. have cold temperatures, and the morning dew turns to frost, and uh, they're not going to let anybody on it. They're not even allowed on the driving range. Nope. At this point, it's not they're about definitely not letting you on the greens. About, it's not about the temperature. That might be a good question, by the way, for the tide is brought up. Is there, is there a specific athlete that made you fall in love with sports or, or a sport, right? Is there a specific, like for him, it's Vince Young. I mean, it's crystal for Ty. That Vince Young, that game, that season, be, you know, he became a huge football fan and a Longhorn fan for life uh, with that season and performance on his birthday. So we'll take those from you. This says Tony Dorsett made me fall in love with football. Yep, Gail Sayers and uh, Johnny Unitas for me. Ooh, gosh, you are old. Well, yeah, I mean, I had the Johnny Unitas helmet. That was were, they, were they wearing face masks? Or yeah, was, they was were. Johnny Unitas, Johnny Unitas. I had the Johnny Unitas. I got that for Christmas. I ran around slamming my head into the wall with that little piece of plastic that would crack. Yeah, I got I got my first Johnny Unitas helmet for Christmas. That was awesome. Love that. I loved football after that. All sports fans have that that moment or person, though. It says Barry Sanders. Easy guys, Tiger Woods golf. There you go. That's for yeah. a lot of people. That's trans- this transcendent player that that's changed the, only the reason, game. That's the only reason eighty percent of people watch golf half the time is to watch <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, it, he, he changed the game without a doubt. Uh, absolutely. So we'll take your thoughts on that. that's a good one for sure. Good conversation starter on a buck off Thursday and buck on to Vince Young and happy birthday, happy fortieth birthday to Vince Young. Uh, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think mine. Well, I would say for my love of baseball, that you know, I, I grew up a baseball fan even when I was living in Ohio. But when we moved to Houston, Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan was absolutely. We used to go see when Nolan would be pitching and he would be starting a home game, we would get in the car and go. We'd go see Nolan pitch at the Astrodome. It was just part of the deal uh, when we could because uh, you just knew something special could happen and it was uh, fun to watch him do his thing. So Nolan Ryan, for sure, for me in the sport of baseball. Uh, so we'll take those for you. And you say Gail Sayers and Johnny Unitas. Johnny Unitas, yes. It says yeah. Warren Moon, Ernest Givens, and the Houston Oilers made me love football. And see, I didn't know what a tight end was until I saw Big John Mackey running over dudes. I mean, like just killing guys. Defensive backs would come up to try to tackle him, and he went out of his way to punish them with his thighs. Man. <laughs> this is- 
The, the, the punishment from the thighs. He's got oh. me thinking reverse chicken again. Reverse chicken. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Gad? Bucky just said thighs, tight end. Chicken. And Bucky just said, said word, tight, tight end and thighs. Uh, thighs. Punishment from the thighs. Wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, they're pouring in now. Roger Staubach for football. Ken Griffey Jr., baseball. That's a good one. Troy Aikman in primetime made me a football fan uh, for sure. It wasn't a player. It was John Madden and his yellow pen explaining football to mm, me. That's interesting. Here's somebody who I could get along with, Earl, Nolan, and Akeem. Yeah, the 34s. The 34s down in Houston. Uh, Earl Campbell, Nolan Ryan, and Akeem Olajuwon uh, for sure. Walter Payton. That's a good one. Uh, that was a, a sweetness. Uh, so we'll take those throughout the morning. Let's get to your headlines, though. Trending topics. Make sure as you're up and out on a Thursday, caught up on the, the world around you. UBO Business Services starts with soccer. How about a huge road win for Austin FC last night in the Great Northwest? Surprise, surprise. They hadn't won a match in their last eight tries, but uh, Austin FC went on the road, did something they've never done before, beat the Seattle Sounders. Ethan Finley scored a first-half goal, then assisted on a Yazi Zardes header early in the second. Verde going to win it 2-1, to one, take the three points from the Western Conference-leading Sounders. Huge win there. In hockey, tough loss for the Texas Stars last night in Cedar Park. Milwaukee scored a third-period goal to break a 3-3 tie and take game 3-4-3 three, to three in that best-of-five series. They're now up two games to one. Uh, Texas will try to avoid elimination Friday night on home ice. Game five, uh, five, if necessary, would be Sunday. All both games at HEB Center at Cedar Park. Golf in the 105th playing of the PGA Championship should already have been teed off this morning at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. But as we've talked about, a frigid morning there has delayed the start of the second major of the golf season. New start time still unclear. PGA Tour and the PGA Championship says it will begin approximately 75 minutes after the practice facilities are able to open. Speaking of golf, Longhorns men's golf team returns to, will return to Arizona to defend its national title. That's after they finished fifth at the NCAA Regional Tournament in East Lansing, Michigan yesterday. For head coach John Fields, they get to qualify and they'll head out to Greyhawk Golf Club in Scottsdale to defend their crown. That's where they beat Arizona State last year to win the 2022 Men's Golf National Championship. Unfortunately, the season came to an end yesterday for the Texas women's tennis team. They fell to top-ranked North Carolina 4-2 in their NCAA quarterfinal at the USTA National Campus in Orlando. NBA, eighth-seeded Miami's run through the Eastern Conference playoffs continued last night in Boston. Jimmy Butler scored 23 of his game-high 35 in the second half to lead Miami to a 123-116 win over the heavily favored Celtics in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. He were down 9 to start the third quarter, but proceeded to outscore Boston 46-25 to in that quarter. They rolled to the win. Game two of that series will be Friday night in Boston. Game two of the Western Conference Finals is tonight in Denver. Lakers and Nuggets baseball. Gut punch loss for the Texas Rangers last night and a thrilling win for the Astros. And Arlington Rangers got another excellent start from Nathan Eovaldi. Had a 5-3 lead over the Braves with six outs left, but Atlanta rallied for a pair in the eighth to tie it. And then in the ninth inning, Orlando Arcia hit a two-out a two out solo home run to win the game. Uh, they get the victory there, take two of three in the series. In Houston, meanwhile, Kyle Tucker's two-run single capped a four-run ninth-inning rally. Astros walk off the Cubs 7-6. to six. They complete a three-game sweep. Houston's won 7-8. of Del Diamond, Round Rock, lost to El Paso 10-4. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Loving uh, this topic here, Buck. This is Don Larson's perfect game in the World Series. Did it for me. So that's a, an older, older, older gentleman there. This is Johnny U and Mickey Mantle. Johnny U, Mickey Mantle. Oh yeah, well, they preceded me. This is Bagwell Biggio and the Astros, mm. the Killer Bees. And these, it's good. It kind of gives you the the age bracket you're dealing with. I mean, I don't think I followed a an athlete like I did 
O.J. Simpson. Seriously. Oh, the juice was special, man. He was special at USC and then Buffalo, man. I mean, remember when he was chasing a 2,000-yard year? That was fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously, O.J. now known for... Oh, dude, that dude, I mean, and yeah, until he got into the slicing and dicing business. (laughs) Oh, no. You know what I mean? I mean, mean, O.J. was doing those commercials. No, he was a megastar. Absolutely. And he could he could fly. I mean, he was a, he was he wasn't just making you miss guy. He was speed. Says in the fifth grade, I fell in love watching Warren Moon play for the Houston Oilers. See, that's why we had the debate. You're a Moon guy, weren't you? Oh, sure. I was a huge Oilers fan. Warren Moon was great. Um, still crushing that they lost to the Bills and then lost to the uh, Chiefs, and then Bud Adams ripped them out of Houston. And then, you know, by the way, it was Warren Moon. Uh, who recently in an, in an interview on FanDuel Radio, it was the one that confirmed that this year when the Houston Texans play in Tennessee against the Titans, the Titans plan to wear the old Houston Oiler, Oil Derrick throwback uniforms, which will make me and all Oiler fans very upset. And then that's the only reason they're doing it, too. You know what I'm saying? They're going to say it's all about honoring the past. Oh, yeah. It's about sticking it to Houston. If they weren't doing it against Houston... You maybe could make an argument to me. That they're that's doing not that why purpose. they're doing it. No. They're doing it against Houston in Tennessee. Enough time has passed. No. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 that's a stick it in your face. Certainly, but of course it is. Deal, without a doubt. This is Bob Lilly, Jim Thorpe. <laughs> You're going way back. Wow. Ooh, Katarina Witt, Witt oh, yeah. figure skating. Hoo-ah. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, can we dive into our coach's corner? It's brought to you by our great friends at Audiovisual Consultations, Tom McKay and his crew. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. You know, yeah, I was never a Chicago Bears fan. Even when Walter Payton was here, I wasn't big on when they had the fridge and all that, that didn't do anything for me at that time. What's funny, uh, because, it, you know, you're, the player that you fell in love with isn't always Vince Young, right? Vince Young was the, you know, one of the great Longhorns of all time. But a lot of times it's a, it's a like here's a buddy of mine texting me that said, for the Astros it was Greg Gross, who was my first Astros buddy, and then Terry Poole. <laughs> and Terry Poole. Astro Astros. buddies, that's right. You yeah. used to go hang out, right? I Dug was an out? Astro buddy. I was an Astro buddy in Houston, yeah. Um we always joke that uh, Reed Ryan and I might have been Astro Buddies together back in the day because Reed and, of course, Reed and Reese were there with their, with their dad. Um, here's one, basketball, Calvin Murphy and Moses Malone. No doubt about Calvin Murphy. <laughs> I followed that whole group. Pete Maravich, Calvin Murphy. My first loves in basketball were Rick college. Rick Mount, Rick Barry. I wasn't a huge, a huge basketball fan until the 80s with Five Slamma Jamma and Akeem and Clyde Drexler. Really? Guy Lewis. Yeah, I wasn't a big pro basketball fan. Well, because when we were in, and growing up, and I was growing up in Northeast Ohio, the Cleveland Cavaliers were terrible, like they were awful. I remember my mom. I always tell you she worked at the Coliseum. She was the you know secretary for the for the band, for the boss of the building, so we could go to any game. But we never wanted to go to the Cavaliers games because I think the best player was a guy named Lloyd B. Free. There you he go. Changed his name to World, World B. Free. B. Free. Yeah. So we did not go to many basketball games. Got to Houston, and my first basketball real you know affinity was the Houston Cougars. Because that team was, they were rock stars in the city of Houston, man. When Guy V. Lewis had them cranked up, still can't believe they didn't win a national championship back then. Uh, all right, so we'll take those. Specs text line 
888-900-3776. Buck, the uh, the update from the uh, Texas basketball side of things, you know, I, I, I have been hearing some positive rumors about Dylan Mitchell possibly returning to the Longhorns. The Longhorns are still waiting on Tyrese Hunter's decision, the point guard, and most are still very optimistic that he'll be back uh, playing for the Longhorns. There just hadn't been an official announcement yet. Because uh, remember, the NBA scouting combine is going on right now. Uh, started on the 15th, it'll run through the 21st. And Tyrese Hunter went through the draft process and didn't even get invited to the combine. So he's not participating in what's going on right now down in Vegas. So you have to think he's coming back to play college basketball. And if he is, it's going to be here in Austin where they're waiting on official word from Tyrese. Uh, but the name Dylan Mitchell is one that uh, there was hope within the Longhorns that he was going to be coming back. But now, uh, as we get towards. But well, let me say it this way: Dylan Mitchell qualified, was invited to the combine. Sure. And not only was he invited to it, he's playing really good uh, at that combine. Uh, he's having you know, he's impressing scouts uh, with his athleticism, and by all accounts, he's one been one of the uh, the hits of the combine so far, uh, according to those there. So uh, that's going to lead Dylan Mitchell to potentially keep his name in the NBA draft. So we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, Mike Finger. Uh, we mentioned him yesterday in relation to the San Antonio Spurs. He is a columnist for the San Antonio Express News, uh, but is covering that combine. Uh, he says he talked to Dylan Mitchell, and uh, according to Dylan, he's leaning to to staying in the draft at this point because he feels like he's holding his own and playing really well. And you know, at least because remember, all you got to do is get drafted, right? All you got to do is get yep. picked in the first two rounds. And if the fact that he's having a good week, he's a shooter now. Yeah, that he's actually shooting the basketball, showing some offensive skill. Uh, and look, let's talk about, I mean, last year they didn't run much through him, and he was really asked to just play a role, play defense, rebound, block shots. Be athletic. Be athletic, and they didn't run. I mean, the offense ran through Marcus Carr, uh, Timmy Allen, uh, Serge Jabari Rice. I mean, they were the main guys offensively, even Dylan DeSue late in the season. So that was the hope if Dylan Mitchell were to return, that he would be able to become a more of an offensive go-to kind of player. Uh, may not happen. So uh, Longhorns. Waiting on the official to word, but at this point, I would say it's it's more likely than not that Dylan will be gone and staying in the NBA draft. Uh, I do still think Tyrese Hunter will be back mm. playing for them. I'd, I'd love a guy like Dylan Mitchell in the Mavs. I know. Bat, oh, the bat. Mavericks. If he can figure out a shot in the NBA, that dude has some serious potential as a three and D wing. Uh. So here's the way Mike Finger wrote the story. It says, the door is not completely closed, but it's trending in one direction. Mitchell said by Mike Finger, I'm so close. I'm right here. Uh, and you can tell it kind of sounds like he's growing in confidence with his ability to compete at that level and play with those guys at the NBA scouting combine. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that situation. Also in our coach's corner, Buck, can we hear from Steve Sarkeesian? Um, you know, down in Houston this week, he had the, the final stop on the Texas Fight Tour where they went around the state, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth, and they wrapped it up in Houston on Tuesday. Uh, Sark was asked about uh, you know the confidence that he keeps that he has in the upcoming season. You know, we've talked about it. He's embracing the challenge, the all all gas, no excuses year, where Texas feels like they can win the Big Twelve championship. Uh, here was Sark on Tuesday asked about uh, why he is so confident about where they are right now and what can come in twenty twenty three. I try to be honest and transparent. You know, I try to just talk about the things that are that we're focused on and what we're doing. I try to talk about the strengths of our team and trying to lean into and, and then you know areas where we need to improve and you know I'm not it's not trying to be boastful I'm just trying to yeah I feel pretty good about our team we got plenty of work to do um, but from where we've been 
from January to this point, the roster we have, the staff continuity, um, the culture that we've, that we've developed, the depth at position groups, those are, those are all really good things to, to have in your program. Then we got to put it all together, right? That's the next phase of this thing. But um, I, feel, I feel good about the team and the, and the team we have and just the structure of the organization, the people that are in place. All right, Sark, ready to roll. They'll be back after Memorial Day from uh, the, the month-long break of May and get back after it with summer conditions. Yeah, I like the way he talks about, you know, you know the their their staff being together and, you know, in year number three. That with continuity. These, with these, yeah, that continuity is important. And but, he's kept that. And, I mean, they've, they've built on They're, they're going to build on a, a young offensive line. They're going to build on a, a second-year quarterback now that's going to be in his system for the second year. And they have physicality. I mean, when that team walks out on the field now, I, I don't, you know, the last time I really watched, when we watched them, I mean, there are teams that they weren't as physical on that given day, but if you played those teams over and over again, I think they'd be right with them. The way they played Alabama last year uh, compared to the way when they played Arkansas and just got manhandled. That that game will go down as one of the worst football games I've ever, ever, ever seen a university play, period. I mean, just when it came to the physicality of a football team, it was like men versus boys, that football game. They haven't been in that situation. They weren't in, in Alabama. Now, there have been days where, you know, games where teams have been a little bit more physical at certain times. But as a whole, for four quarters, I don't think anybody's walked all over this group. They were embarrassed last year. They were embarrassed the year before. Oh, oh for that, sure. That thing was, time. He was on that trip. He saw that firsthand up Local. close, what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, that's... I that, knew the fans had to look at it and say, you know what, we're about to get whipped. Well, and that's the the... The question for Sark, you're right. Can you finish these games? Uh, because you're, Ty's right. The five and seven season was unacceptable, but there were a lot of reasons for it. We know that uh, wasn't the team. You know, Sark was completely opposite of the type of team Sark wants. Right? He wants big sure. physical offensive line, the big humans theory, and then a ton of speed on the outside. Well, you know, when he got here, Tom Herman's team was built with kind of leaner, taller, not as big offensive linemen and slower mm-hmm. wide receivers. Uh, they had Bijan, but uh, the, you know, we've gone through the Tom Herman regime, all the great receivers from the state of Texas that they didn't recruit because they were looking for taller, bigger you know, type receivers. Remember Nat Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jalen Waddell and uh, all these guys that didn't come to Texas. Um, that you know, That's the philosophy of Sark. And now it's a team that's kind of built in his image. To Ty's point uh, and your point, I mean, last year they, they kind of gave games away instead of finishing right. the game. Uh, they didn't get blown out of games. They didn't get embarrassed in games. They didn't get they beat just, up by anybody. I don't think they, they got beat up by anybody. No. They, and and that, if you're a year more physical, mm-hmm. a year more mature, uh, that is the optimism, even without B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, that the offense can be as good or better. Because that's your team overall team. I mean, that's from your, your, your toughest guy to your weakest link. Everybody's yeah. physically capable uh, yeah, of getting it done. And, you know, we know last year they just didn't finish games. The, the Alabama game was right there to be won. They didn't. The Texas Tech game was there to be won, and they didn't. The Oklahoma State game was there to be won. Uh, TCU now the game. coach, to me, still has to win some games. Now that's it's right. his turn. That's right. Uh, and Game plans in it, and then adjustments mm-hmm. during. Right. And then, yeah, having that mentally tough mindset in the fourth quarter to finish these games. Because your, your team's capable of doing it. They're physical enough to get it done. Because an 8-4 eight, eight and four regular season last year was a couple of plays in each game from being a double-digit right. win season. We know that. And so it's not too far of a leap to suggest this team can win 10-11 games in, in the regular season and be playing in the Big 12 championship. Uh, so there's Sark from Houston. The Texas Fight Tour is now in the rear view. We're still waiting on a couple of decisions from some uh, Longhorn basketball players. Looks like Dylan Mitchell trending out 
Tyrese Hunter expected to be back. So there's your Coach's Corner brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. We'll come back. We're going to preview the uh, PGA Championship. First round will tee off at some point this morning when the frost clears. But we're going to preview it with our man Omar Uresti, who's played on this course many times, and uh, get a preview of who he thinks is uh, to watch at the player the. PGA Championship this weekend. Our man Omar will join us coming up. Plus, hot or not, before the end of the hour, David Pierce talks Texas baseball on our 8 o'clock hour. High school sports is a year-round job, and Flex wants to see the work you're putting in. If you and your teammates are in the weight room, batting cage, at a 7-on-7, wherever, we want to know about it. Tweet out your videos and tag at FLXATX so we can spread the word. You can also share videos at FLXATX.com. Also tweet out campus visits and offers for the Flex athletes looking to take it to the college level. And remember to catch all the action of high school football this season with Flex and the Austin Radio Network. QC Kinetics, folks. QC Kinetics works. That's the key, right? If you are in chronic pain, dealing with old sports injuries, arthritis, pain in your knees, your hips, your lower back, maybe your shoulder, and it's a constant thing. It's not if it's going to hurt today. It's just how severe the pain will be on a day-by-day basis, how many pain pills you got to pop today to, to get through it. Uh, go see our friends at QC Kinetics. At least take the step of having the conversation, learning about regenerative medicine, and how you can they can allow your own body to heal the body. That's what it does. Uh, as as uh, they talk about at QC Kinetics, you know, if you if you scrape yourself or cut yourself on the outside, your your body will heal. It'll heal over time. Uh, this is what QC Kinetics does. They take highly concentrated blood cells from your own body. Take those blood cells, concentrate them, and then inject them back into that area to promote the healing. Your body will heal itself, and this allows it to happen and uh, creates the situation where it can happen. And so many folks have been through the, pre- the procedures and have come out the other side feeling feeling tremendous and getting back into being the active people they want to be without the chronic pain in those achy joints. And, and all you have to do is call them. Uh, 593-4303 is the phone number. 512-593-4303. They have a location in Austin and in Round Rock. Uh, you can get in there late this week, early next week for a consultation. It's absolutely free. And get all your questions answered and go from there. If you are to the point of considering long-term surgeries and the recovery that goes with that, the risks that go with that, make this phone call. 593-4303 at QC Kinetics. Bust it. It's Bucky and Aaron. He's a athlete that led to your falling in love with the sport or sports have been great. Started with Ty at the top of the hour talking about Vince Young, who's celebrating his 40th birthday today. Watching him win that uh, lead Texas to the win in the Rose Bowl in 2005 or early 2006 uh, was the, the lit the fuse for his football career. And uh, forever a Longhorn fan. This is J.R. Richards in the Astrodome, Buck. Scary dude on the mound. James Rodney Richards, the big man. Tremendous one. This, these are good. How about this? Penn State football, 1982 mm. and 86 national champs, Joe Paterno, John Schaefer, Todd Blackledge. My dad was an alum and indoctrinated me from birth. That's a good one, too, for sure. Uh, and, then, yeah, so, so it's everybody. This is Dale Earnhardt's death and then Dale Jr. returning to the track and getting a big win is what brought me to NASCAR. Awesome. Which is really cool. And I mentioned for me, for baseball, uh, Nolan Ryan was the reason we'd go to, to a lot of Astros games for the most part. But then once we would go, would, my favorite player was Billy Dorn. Uh, Billy Dorn was a really good second baseman that played for them from early 80s into almost 1990. Uh, he was just my absolute favorite player. When we'd play in the playground or outside, I'd be, I'd be Billy Dorn playing second base. And then it was this the, the third baseman, the late, great Ken Caminetti who came in for the Astros. 
That dude, he was spectacular at third base. I mean, Brooks, Brooks Robinson type plays he would make. Uh, we know he was troubled and had his issues, and uh, but man, what a player, Ken Caminetti. So then that led to the Killer Bees and and beyond. Oh, yeah. But uh, uh, you you always say that you're growing up. Your your favorite baseball player was uh, the Say Hey Kid, Willie Mays. Willie Mays, yes. Well, who's the other one? I know, but I was always I was left hand bat. I was Willie McCovey. Willie McCovey playing. I was stickball Willie McCovey though with the big. I was the big lefty. Big lefty Willie yeah. McCovey. Oh yeah, for sure. Stickball man, those are great. Ron Marshall. We used to play. I, mean, I was I was yeah I was a San Francisco part San Francisco. I, I only was a Yankee fan because I was forced to watch the Yankees. My friend's dad would have a seat every Saturday right beside him when the Yankees came on. I'd come to visit the kid, but the dad made me sit there, and the kid had to go scoot off somewhere, and I had to watch the Yankees game. That's why I learned about the Yankees from him. Awesome. I was. I didn't grow up being like a Yankee fan. I was taught to be a Yankee fan. That's typically how that goes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline, talk some golf. PGA Championship will tee off at some point this morning. They're in a frost delay, but uh, a lifetime Longhorn himself and great friend of our show, he is our man Omar Uresti. Omar, oh man, how are you, man? I'm, I'm good. How are you guys doing today? Doing fantastic, man. It's always good to hear from you. Good to hear you. And listen, we, we talked last time we visited that uh, your love for golf they were talking about uh, which athletes kind of kind of led you to, to to your love of a sport, and you told us on our last visit the legends of golf out at Onion Creek, uh, getting to watch the the great players, how they practice and, and play, and be up close to them, really led you to fall in love with the the game you still play. Yes, very much so. Um, you know, and had some great uh, major winners that played in that, uh, and was able to get up close and personal with them. So that was a uh, that was huge uh, in my development uh, or in steering me, I guess, or guiding me in the way of golf for uh, for my life. No question about it. Were you, I, oh man, you're a, a proud Longhorn and of course played golf there at Texas. And do you, uh, were you at that national championship game? Vince Young's has his 40th birthday today to make us all feel really old. But did you go to the national championship game out there? I was. I was there. Um, I was on the same side of the field but on the opposite end uh, I was on like about the 20 yard line but the opposite end zone um, from the final touchdown that he scored but uh, yeah that was some kind of game there oh man <laughs> that, that guy was incredible the roller coaster of emotions uh, on that uh, that fateful night Wednesday night in uh, Southern California hey Omar the uh, the weather the factor at the PGA championship frost delay uh, what is uh, what what are the challenges of dealing with with cold weather here in mid May uh, when you're teeing off? This was a risk when they moved this tournament up into May and we're going to play in the Northeast. What are the biggest challenges of playing when it's that cold? Well, uh, it, I know from my personal experience is having those extra layers of clothes on. Uh, it makes it a little bit more difficult to uh, to keep your timing, um, but also the ball. Oof, does not travel as far, and that course being almost 7,400 yards, par 70, it's gonna, whew, it's gonna play really hard for those guys in the morning. And if it warms up enough, you know, the guys in the, that tee off later will have a little bit of an advantage, I believe. Now, Omar, they they really do take care of it. this course. Nobody's been on it, so I mean, it's it's like brand new. But what they don't want to happen is to, to screw up the greens because it's not just about that tournament. It's about what they do there throughout the rest of the year. They love that golf course, and they don't want it to get screwed up either. I mean, they want they want you to be on the best course that can be possible. But they also don't want to wreck their golf course. Right, right. You know, and uh, being a new golf, you know, basically a new golf course because they just went in there and redid a bunch of stuff. And uh, after the senior PGA yep. from a few years ago, um, you know, they cut down a bunch of trees. They 
I guess I think I heard they took down 600 trees, which totally changes the character of the golf course. Um, so it, it'll be a little bit different. But as far as the greens go, I, I you know, since they've redone them, I don't know how much of a redo that they did on the greens. Um, but before, when I played the senior PGA there, they were uh, uh, they were you know had some pretty good slope to them in spots where you, if you were above the hole putting yep. you know downhill, it they got they could get pretty slippery and get away from you if you weren't careful. Uh, it's the Donald Ross course, par 70, and as Omar Uresti said, very, very long. It's a great point on these cold temperatures this morning when they do finally hit the course, um, you know, trying to judge your distances. And, and that rough, uh, Omar, I mean, I know, as Buck said, they hadn't been on the course and they let this grow in, uh, and it is really, really thick. Been watching some of these practice rounds. It's, it's kind of a, a U.S. Open feel with the narrow fairways and just this really, really thick rough that, that you know, once it melts and the frost delays over this morning, uh, it's going to be wet, and that's going to make it. you got to keep that ball on the fairway. But, it, again, on a long course like that, uh, it's going to be a challenge for these guys early and then throughout the weekend. Yeah, very much so. You know, I, just from a little bit I've seen on uh, the Golf Channel, it looked, it looks like that rough's about four or five inches deep at least, and it's really thick. That grass up there is, a, you know, a different, different grass than down here in, in the south, and uh, it can be really thick. And if you hit it in it, you know, you might be wedging it out. It's kind of like the good old days when I was first coming up. You know, they we used to have a lot of rough every week in most of our tournaments. And um, over the past few years, kind of when they changed the grooves and made all that um, – they shortened the rough up and you know all that did was favor the long hitter so but this week it, you better hit it straight from what it looks like <laughs> you better keep it in play and it's going to be cold now the weather looks great for the weekend it's going to be playing when they're playing in the afternoon rounds once everybody gets through the cut line and it's going to be temperatures in the middle 70s it'll be perfect conditions could be some rain on saturday omar uresti is with us oh man uh, jordan spieth I, I watched him this week he's got his wrist wrapped uh, he didn't play in the byron nelson that's got to be a concern as we talk about cold temperatures hope the best for jordan but man wrist injury hand injuries uh, those are you know among the worst fear of any golfer no, yeah, very much so. Um, you know, hopefully his uh, hopefully he's in the fairway a lot. Doesn't have to hit too many shots out of the rough. That uh, you know, from just hitting it out of that rough, you know, the club can get stuck and you can jam that wrist and or tweak it or something. You know, and it just uh, it's going to make it a little bit difficult. He'll I think he'll be have to be a little cautious and just you know play smart uh, layup golf if he hits it in the rough where. Some of your guys like Dustin Johnson and John Rahm and uh, maybe even Scotty, you know, they're fairly healthy. So I don't think um, that uh, they'll have as many issues or be as scared out of the rough, but it's still going to be difficult. You know, Omar, as you watch Scotty over the last couple uh, rounds of golf and especially the last two tournaments, uh, the, the seven seven to eight-foot putt for him has been a really weird struggle. I mean – that's just continuing to practice, continuing to get better at that. And, you know, he's not – I don't think he's a long-term guy where he's going to have a lot of struggles in that. I, I, it's just – I mean, certain times of your career you hit that little spot, and obviously you've been through it, you know, a few times through your career where it's not it's not the it's not the long-range putts that you get inside, you know, that you get inside the leather. It's those ones that are seven, seven, six foot, the ones that you have to make, the ones that you have to make to make par, not birdie, but to make par to continue on. He's struggling with that a little bit. I mean, have you watched the way he's putting lately? Um, no, not uh, not too much. Uh, I've been trying to work on my own game. Ah. <laughs> trying to 
So maybe I should've been know, asking you about uh, that seven footer. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and uh, it's a lot of that uh, sometimes is, you know, with the with the seven footers, eight footers, it's you know getting it started online and then obviously yep. having the right speed. Um, um, the you know correct speed is huge on pretty much every putt. Um, the shorter putts, you know, you can get a little bit more firm and aggressive with if, if you're if you're feeling confident. But when you're not confident on those length of putts, you know, and the stroke gets a little jabby or whatever, it can uh, it can wreak havoc with your mind. That's sort of like sure. a hockey player slapping at it. Yeah, yeah. You want free, you want free mind, and that's interesting, Omar, because it leads you back to to Rory McIlroy, who had to take a month off. Mm. He said after he, he he said he went when he went to the Masters and drove down Magnolia Lane he felt like he was going to play his best Masters ever uh, and he ended up not making the cut and that led him into such a spot he had to take a month away he missed the tournament got fined big time and said he had to, to clear his head and you know I know you know this very well as a professional golfer I mean the the the, the physical physical side of it is one thing but the mental side is a, is a big hurdle as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, and especially uh, in a tournament like this, if you're, you know, having any second guesses on on the trust of your swing and everything, and especially with the fairways and the greens, it's you know, the fairways is narrow and the rough as thick as it is, and the greens as fast as they're going to be, uh, it, it, it you might as well almost not tee it up. But at the same time, you could go out there not expecting much, and then all of a sudden have a career round. So. You know, golf is crazy like that, that's for sure. Yeah, confidence breeds confidence. And then, yeah, lack of success can uh, tend you in the other way. Uh, Omar, we appreciate it, my friend. Good to hear you. And uh, do, you, do you have a pick for this weekend, or are you just going to sit back and enjoy it? Uh, you know, being a Longhorn, uh, I think Scotty Scheffler's got a, got a good chance the way he's been playing. But, you know, I heard that Dustin Johnson's played really well on the Live Tour. I haven't watched, but uh, I have a couple of members out here at Onion Creek who've watched a little bit, and they said he's playing really well. Although a little bit different circumstances, this is going to mean a little bit more than those live tournaments do. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and then you got John Rom. I mean, the guy's been on a tear. And hopefully hopefully Rory can get something going. And you never know with Jason Day, the way he played and came on last, uh, last week. Uh, you know, those guys all have a good chance, especially with their length. And Brooks Kepka there, too, off that live tour and very well could be in the mix, has been in most majors when he's healthy. Yeah. Hey, old man, we appreciate yeah, it. Always. Good to hear you. And I know Longhorns will have a chance to defend that national championship starting next week out in Arizona, and you'll be watching Coach Fields and the team closely. So a lot, a lot of good golf going on right now. Yes, there is. And uh, let's hook them horns, and hopefully they can – do some damage over there at Nationals. Thank you, Omar. Omar, you're resty. He is Austin Golf, uh, a proud Crockett Cougar, proud Texas Longhorn, member out there at Onion Creek, and uh, still doing it uh, on the uh, the Champions Tour, um, and still professionally, uh, made, you know, challenging oh, for yeah. rounds. We'll come back. When we do, it'll be Ty uh, leading us. Through. He was the one that gave us the Miami Heat plus eight last night. Uh, that was a winner, winner, chicken dinner. We'll get tie on the, some hot or not topics. Also back into the headlines, David Pierce talks Texas baseball at 8.30 on a buck off Thursday. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. All right, we now have uh, start time, actually right now, 8.50 Eastern time, 7.50 right now. 
in Austin in Central Time. They're going to tee off the uh, first round of the PGA Championship. And I'm watching some of the coverage this morning on ESPN. It looks like they're covering the Winter Olympics, Buck. Man. People are dressed like they're over there in Lake Placid covering a Winter Olympics or something. It's a golf tournament. They're all in gloves and hats and They're revenue jackets on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, temperatures in the 30s. It was in the high 20s this morning with a frost delay. Uh, Omar Uresti was just telling you about the uh, the difficulties they'll have because uh, the ball won't carry and be hitting like, like hitting a rock um, early with these cold temperatures. But uh, it'll tee off right about now here in the next 10 minutes. The first groups will go off. So a uh, several-hour delay here uh, to the start of the first round of the uh, second golf major. Uh, also, speaking of golf, uh, Craig Way was listening to our conversation with Omar Uresti and let us know that uh, Texas head golf coach John Fields will be on Light the Tower today because uh, his team qualified to head back out to Arizona next week to try to win another national championship. They won it last year on that same course, and so we'll hear from John Fields coming up. Speaking of Craig Waybuck, off the top of the hour, we said happy birthday to one Vince Young, who's celebrating his 40th birthday today. We yep. played the Keith Jackson call of the run into the end zone, and Ty Henderson was quick to say, I love the Craig Way call of that more than Keith Jackson, so let's go ahead and uh, let you hear that as well. Young from the shotgun, back to throw. Vince looks, under pressure. He'll tuck it in one. Vince to the five. Young, touchdown Texas. Touchdown Vince Young. He's done it again. Vince Young has given the Longhorns the lead with 19 seconds to play in the game. There it was. A bit more exciting than Keith Jackson was. Yes. Vince, Vince Young, Young scores. scores. I had a whole bundle of money on USC, <laughs> and Vince just ripped it away. Uh, Longhorn fans, in elation, and Craig Way, one of the great calls all time. Why uh, the great Craig Way right there. Happy birthday to VY, 40 years young today. Hey, uh, you guys hot or not on this for you, get, take it over time. Oscar Meyer is changing the name of the Wienermobile. Yeah, after 87 years, Oscar Meyer. It's going to be called the Frankmobile. Come on. And it's not because it got canceled. No one has a problem with Wienermobile. They just are going to call it the Frankmobile. It's a marketing deal. What are we doing? You can't have something 87 years and then change it. can't change the Wiener. Yeah, I'm not on board with that. No, me either. Who calls it a Frank anyhow? German people. <laughs> yes, Frankfurters. Frankfurter. Yeah, no, I don't call that. It's, and, it's a and I've heard bur- hot I've heard, dog or a Wiener. I've heard beans and Franks, I guess. But, yeah, the Frankmobile? Frank the Tank? I'm out on that. Not hot. I try to see that thing driving around town. <laughs> Wienermobile. 90 years they had that thing. Ty, what do you have for us in Hot or Not? Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher Zach Gallen. During a warm-up yesterday, there's a video of this, he hit a bird with a warm-up pitch, Randy Johnson style. Exploded? Oh, yeah. Sorry, oh, that bird. was at spring training. Yeah. Well, no, it was... Yesterday, before the game, warm-up pitch. You can see him thrown to a catcher. Oh, you said Randy Johnson style. Yeah, no, he just blows up this pigeon. Sorry about that pigeon. So it was a little, you know, there's been a, what do you a say? lot of reposting of the old Randy Johnson video on, <laughs> on social media today. That thing was, I mean, the, the timing of that is impossible. Like you say, Buck, everybody's got a number. Their number yeah. gets punched. That, their that bird's number was up. <laughs> well, that bird's number was up. Couldn't do it again in a million tries. Wow. R.I.P. to that bird. By the way, the great Craig Way just texted us. John Fields will be on Monday. My apologies. Read wrong. John Fields will be at Mike White, Texas softball coach, is on with Craig today as they get going into the NCAA tournament. Um, Mike uh, John Fields, the Texas golf coach, will be on Life Tower on Monday to preview their trip out to Arizona, out to uh, Gray Rock in Arizona 
to try to defend their national championship. So, good stuff. We'll come back. We'll keep you posted on the leaderboard at the PGA Championship. They are teeing off right now in very frigid Rochester, New York. Also, reset the headlines. Huge road win for Austin FC last night. Uh, Surprise, surprise. Also, rough loss for the Texas Stars out in Cedar Park. And a great night in baseball. Rough loss for the Rangers. Big one for the Astros. We'll get you details coming.